Greetings, Parashorphans and Retrogrades. Today, my friend Michael Hitchborn is with me to talk about anti-Catholic Catholic education and the institutionalization of anti-Catholic Catholic education. It's going to be a good one. Both Michael and I have uh, a background in education. Both of us are, are teachers. Michael, my brother from another mother, how are you, bro? I'm doing great. Good to see you again. Good to see you too. You're family is growing. Your family is on the grow. Your wife is, you're, you're pulling ahead of me by one child in yeah. like a, a trimester, right? Well, we've been going, you know, longer than you have, I think. Like yeah, that's true. Years. Yeah, that's true. You got a little head start. Is yeah. this like, you know, you're moving from seven to eight kids. I'm, I'm currently sitting at seven. This is like the LeBron James all-time totals in points. It's like, <laughs> that's, that's great. You keep care of your body, LeBron. Yeah. You can play 20 seasons and get the all-time record. If I stayed in the league 100 years, I could do that too. I'm not saying you're LeBron. I would never say that, Michael, but congratulations on the baby. That's really what I meant to say. Um, no one, I, I mean, the only person LeBron should ever be compared to is the devil, in my view. So, uh, and you, conversely, you're a very good man. And you are another Catholic educating man, in addition to being president of Lepanto Institute, which is one of Rules for Retrograde's favorite Catholic outfits. So you've turned up some new evidence. Thank you, Steffi. Some yet new evidence, which is piling up, that Catholic education is, in fact, anti-Catholic, especially in America. Have at it. Have at you. So the the issue, and, and this is one of those ways that the world kind of sneaks its way into Catholic education. And, and I want to be clear, I'm not blaming... Um, Catholic educators per se for what we discovered, because this is, this is a sneaky door. Okay. This is a, a little sneaky side door that they were able to kind of edge their way in. Uh, what we discovered is that the national or uh, the NWEA, which stands for Northwest Evaluation Association. Mm -hmm. uh, it's one of those testing accreditation organizations you um you'd take put your students in they'd take the evaluation test and you'd see where they stand with the national scores etc cetera, etc cetera. you know pretty standard for 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 education all across the board nowadays yes the problem is nwea which is used by 1900 different catholic schools throughout the united states uh, they're found in 84 different dioceses, and NWA boasts that they they reach 400,000 students. And the issue is that NWEA uh, makes it very clear that they have an agenda to change the the needle or to move the needle on policies with various educational institutions, and that they they want policy changes. You know that that kind of thing. Yeah, and their policies are very pro-LGBTQ. And, and I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, for one thing, they partnered up with uh, an organization called GLSEN, G-L-S-E-N, which That's stands never for, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, the homophone is, is uh, definitely not, not an accident here. No. Um, the, uh, so GLSEN stands for Gay, Lesbian, Straight uh, Alliance, or... or Glisten is it Glisten? G L S E N, yeah. Uh, Gay, lesbian, straight alliance, or or, or uh, something, something along those lines. Anyway, what they what they are doing, uh, they partnered up with them so that they could create their registration forms or new registration forms for NWEA that now have 
uh, for gender, you can put male, female, or an X for undecided or undisclosed. And it's just one of those subtle ways that they're starting to get into uh, standardizing the transgender homosexual ideologies. But as we were looking further into NWEA's programs, they have a, a granting program called Educators for Equity. And what Educators for Equity does is um, it gives grants to various educational institutions based on a certain criteria. Mm -hmm. One of the things that they say that they specifically will not give grants for is any organization that, quote, discriminate on the basis of gender identity or expression or sexual orientation. So just for a bit of context, so that people understand, well, you know, gosh, we, we don't want to discriminate. We don't want to, you know, say that we're, we're going to not hire somebody just because they're, they're gay or something or they're uh, Skittles or something. Um, but what's a subtle uh, code words, Mike. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm being super subtle here. Um, but what they're ultimately saying is that in order to receive a grant from NWEA, there has to be an open policy where educators and, and uh, students are not uh, discriminated against when they profess their uh, certain proclivities or that they are the, and that they have to be allowed to dress in accord with a um, uh, in a way that is not reflective of their biological uh, reality, so to speak. So yes. this this is all very problematic. And what it shows is a disposition of this particular organization towards implementing a policy pushing that particular uh, LMNOP agenda. There's a lot more. Do you want me to keep going or? Yeah, but for let, I definitely do. Let's just reflect on this. You said before you keep going, I, I was going to pause. I, I hate pausing people mid thought mm -hmm. because um, Eight times out of 10, you never get the thought back in an interview like this. There's so much information. It's so hard to remember to hit all your, your goals, as the educators say. Um, but I did want to say, you, in response to what you offered, Michael, about like, look, I'm not per se accusing the Catholic teachers themselves. I'll, I'll say it. Like, I am. The Catholic hiring policy, particularly at Catholic high schools, is atrocious. Uh, when you go through and you look at the numbers, it's a little bit of a hard number to pin down for what percentage of Catholic high school teachers are actually practicing Catholics. You come up with a number, depending on what figure you're looking at, it's only 70 to 80%. So that means one out of five to almost one out of three, depending on what figures you're looking at, of American Catholic schools are non-Catholics. There should be no non-Catholics teaching in our Catholic schools. And here's the thing. There should be, I, I hate to bang an old drum, but there should be something like an oath of fidelity to the Catholic magisterium that all Catholic, at least high school teachers and up take, just like all university teachers used to take it. Pius X's oath of fidelity. Yeah, that used but to be standard. It used to be standard. And it just makes sense that if you're going to be a Catholic teacher, you must be teaching Catholic things. Most of those 70 to 80% of the Catholic high school teachers are not practicing Catholics. Most of them are, and this varies location to location, but the majority of them are non-practicing Catholics or 
Christer Catholics, Christmas and Easter only, and are totally with the world on all the hot topics like contraception, like LMNOP, all the, the, the loin stuff. And I'll tell you this, even at Catholic high school, grade school tends to be many more female teachers, which is problematic in its own right. But 85%, again, depending on the number you look, the number will be a little plus, a little minus. 85% of the teachers are female. Instead of male teachers who can Mm -hmm. actually model a way of life, and that's what education is. It's education and virtue, no matter what the topic. Um, these, these, you know, all these people are having female exemplars, which, which are by itself speaks a kind of modernism, a kind of let's be with the world. So I just want to point that out. Too few of the Catholic teachers are Catholic, and too many of them are, uh, well, I'll say it, female, and so automatically it makes sense that we're going to have the creep of the LMNOP, the, you know, pro contraception, the pro pro let's be with the world loin stuff. But that, right. that's just a general thought, but let's yeah get back to NWEA. If you want, this is really, really informative. Right. So with NWEA and, and um, as I, I was going through their website now, I, again, going back to the idea of Catholic educators and Catholic uh schools and and whether they're woke or not woke or participating in this stuff the the part the problem with nwea is that they were not upfront really about pushing any kind of an agenda you have to kind of dig through their website to see exactly what's lying beneath the 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 surface uh when people think about going out and taking an nwea test all they're thinking of they're going to be evaluating my student based on what they were learning in the classroom and they're not thinking in terms of what kind of agenda they're going to be pushing because it's just a test, right? Um, Well, the problem is, and and this, this is really kind of the crux of the matter here. In October of 2020, NWEA published an article and the title was, um, well, let me see here. Oh, here we go. It was December of 2021. Sorry. The title is how identity affirming tests empower uh, literacy education. And, what they did, the, their staff writer interviewed uh, a couple of their staff scientists uh, who are involved in the creation of these tests, and they were talking about gender-affirming passages. Here's a paragraph from the article. It says, identity-affirming tests and passages are those that give all students the opportunity to see themselves reflected in what they're reading. By introducing students to texts that portray characters and real-life people from diverse cultures and languages, varied family structures, and you can imagine what that means, a range of abilities and disabilities, and different gender identities. Educators deepen the teaching of literacy by connecting it directly to students' own lives and the lives of their peers. That's directly from the article. So they were just I, they were defining what they mean by um, identity affirming passages. Later on in the article, they were talking to one of their staff scientists, and it says this at NWEA, Meg Guerrero studies reading comprehension through an equity lens, working to create literacy assessments that accurately reflect not only the realities of reading instruction in the classroom but also the realities of students' lives and experiences. This goes back 
to the identity-affirming tests, which also, they said, would include gender identities. So NWEA, uh, after the publication of our article, they were talking to people from the National Catholic Educational Association and, and various other superintendents of Catholic high schools, and they um, they assured them, we don't have any of these gender-affirming texts in our tests. But the yeah. subtext there to what they were saying was, yet. We, it's not there yet, because later on they said, if in the future we do have these things, you'll have the opportunity to review it and then opt out of any of those particular texts. Now, if I hadn't written this article, can you tell me how many of these superintendents and schools would be looking for that in those texts? And also, again, I, we're, I, I think it's good. You're covering one end. I'm covering the other. All of the superintendents of Catholic schools I've ever known, and I've known a few, I've worked for a few, don't care. They're 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 center left, you know. Mm -hmm. So they're not. I don't know exactly. I can't speak for them all. They're not a monolith, but the kind of folks that make superintendent of the major education mill, Catholic, particularly high school superintendents, not not interested in finding it. You're assuming. It's it's a little bit hidden, so it gives the superintendent under question plausible deniability. Exactly. If they live in a really theologically conservative diocese and the parents mm -hmm. try to hold their feet to the fire. But that's very rare. Most superintendents are left of center anyway. Almost all of them that I've ever met or even heard of. That's interesting. I mean, I, I, I've never worked with any Catholic school superintendents, so I can't speak to that. But um I, I can certainly see in the education field alone, the, the vast majority of people who go into education have a center-left mentality to begin with. Uh, that's almost a baseline, I think. But, you yeah, know, yeah. we found all this stuff on N NWA's website, and we found all kinds of horrible, horrible things like uh, an article, the title of which is Pride in Our Schools, Pride in Ourselves, What You Need to Know to Be an LGBTQ Plus Ally. Uh, and then there, the worst one was this one, 20 LGBTQ plus books for K through 12 readers during Pride Month and throughout the year. The article was written by an NWEA staff writer. And in this list, one of the books that they promoted was a book titled The Hips on the Drag Queen Go Swish, Swish, Swish. And it was done to the same rhyme and meter of the wheels on the bus go round and round. And it was all about Drag Queen, Drag Queen Story Hour. It was written by one of the co-founders of Drag Queen Story Hour. And as you look through the purpose of this book, it was, it was one of those board books intended for preschool. And now you've got an educational institution, NWEA, pushing this book, saying that this is a wonderful thing. Uh, and on top of that, you've got Catholic schools that are partnering with this organization. So there are two things to take away from this. The first is that NWEA now poses a clear and present danger to students because they have a stated agenda. They have a stated purpose with regard to their assessments and how they may change them in the future. Um, at the same time, they're pushing the LMNOTP agenda. and Every and this is the other thing, every single dime spent by any Catholic educator on NWEA 
is helping to further that agenda. It's not just a matter of, well, you know, you, you shop at Walmart and, you know, Walmart sells condoms or something along those lines. No, NWEA has a stated specific end with regard to students in education. And even if what they're providing to Catholic schools is somehow pure, they're still corrupting children elsewhere. And your participation in that is direct and it's material participation. And you know it. Yeah, maybe. The question is always, is it proximate or remote material uh, cooperation? And it's getting closer. It's a distinction of degree. So it's tough. Mm -hmm. Proximate uh, remote, but that's that's a lot more proximate than I shopped at Walmart. Right. You know, their, their stated goal is not to sell condoms. That's what's called a commercial interaction. The mm-hmm. Catholic guidebooks on um, cooperation say if it's merely commercial, that that's almost always going to put it in the realm of remote uh, material right. cooperation. Yeah, you know, it's you're a newspaper boy and you deliver newspapers that might advertise for pro LMNOP companies. It's so many, so much removal. But mm-hmm. what you're saying, Michael, that I strongly agree with is you're getting a lot closer to remote material yes. cooperation. Anytime you go along with the NWEA, which is anytime you're going along with any of the thousands of schools, Catholic schools that mm-hmm. it uses. I mean, a couple things really quickly here. I, I agree with that. As always, we don't, we don't tend to disagree about much of anything. Couple things. Number one, folks out there, we have to codify our speech, Michael and I today, LMNOP, Skittles. We got to use all these code terms. Like I called it the beer bug when I spoke about COVID two years ago, because I'll get ripped down. This is the diabolic plot that involves that worldview. And the cancellation of all opposing voices. Now, it's odd to say, oh, the, ch- the, the whole world is for this and the church is against it. That's odd enough. But now the church is swinging, largely because of this pope. The church is swinging to being for the same things the world is for, LMNOP. Uh, so we can't even flee to the sanctuary of the church. We can flee to the sanctuary of doctrine, but not the current magisterium, the current set of bishops and pope to say, hey, protect us from the world. I lost my job at a Catholic school for speaking out. James Martin, SJ, was one of the three tweets that got me fired as a high school theology department chairman. So the point is, I I recently got pulled off of Patreon for this. So if you want to, if you want to support me, because this is still a fresh wound, uh, you can go to timothyjgordon.com donate. You can also support me on Locals or uh, subscribe star. But secondly, the, the big thing is, is this. We, I mean, I just want to let that sink in, that we can't even flee to the sanctuary of the church right. in order to avoid this stuff. And the second thing is, why are you people out there, parish orphans, retrogrades, sending your kids to school? you know this is happening now. So in terms of the cooperation Michael just mentioned, it's become proximate material cooperation with a reasonable probability, even if you don't go through all the fine print, which Lepanto Institute does for you. Michael Hitchborn 
at all do this for you. Why are you taking the risk unless you want to go through all that fine print and sending your kids to a school in the first place? Keep them home and homeschool. There are so many resources for you. One of them is on timothyjgordon.com where we help you guys with curriculum. Starting next week, we've committed, it's got pushed back by a month because of what happened with Patreon. We are giving you a short four once a week class, four, four weekly classes how to write your own homeschool curriculum. You don't even need to buy these curricula because guess what? Many Catholics and many Christians besides in America are moving to homeschooling. So the next thing the left will do, because they're smart, is they start infiltrating the so-called curricula. You don't need a curriculum, okay? That, that idea comes from John Dewey, the communist at the University of Chicago in the early 20th century. I'm going to show you how to educate your kids classically without a curriculum or write your own curriculum the way a lot of homeschooling moms want to have. They have to have something. So that class will come up next week. TimothyJGordon.com has a bunch of classes for high school kids. That's just the thought. Don't homeschool. Uh, uh, don't put your kids in even the Catholic schools. Pull them out. There's a few faithful ones, but it's, you know, pennies on the dollar. Most of them are bad. And most of them are bad be precisely because they all are uniformized, universalized by being in league with NWEA. Is this, isn't this kind of the main idea, Michael, underwriting all these thoughts is that even though you think, well, that's that one Catholic school in Philadelphia, that's that one Catholic school I heard about in outside of mm -hmm. Phoenix, that's that one. They're all in league. The superintendents go to conventions together and this stuff, all they have to do is top-down infiltration, which is what you get through a story like the NWEA story that you're breaking here. Right. Well, and and it, it's uh, the uniformity and, and it's funny. The National Catholic Educators Association, NCEA, is an entity <clears throat> that everybody turns to in Catholic education for as some sort of authoritative body of Catholic educators, and they they look to them for recommendations on, on curriculum and for going to different companies for testing and that kind of thing. NWEA is a corporate sponsor of the National Catholic Educators Association. Furthermore, wow. yeah, they're a corporate sponsor. So now there's a, there's a quid pro quo going on. And what's very interesting is that we, um, after the publication of our article, we actually got an, uh, an email forwarded to us that was written by a Catholic school superintendent. And he said that NWEA recently held a meeting with several Catholic school superintendents and leaders of NCEA to address the concerns shared in your email. Upon speaking with our NWEA representative last Friday, we were assured of the following regarding the content of the testing items that our students are reading. And this is what they got from NWEA, quote, regarding our assessments, we do not have any LMNOP related test items. Our assessments include fiction and nonfiction passages written by authors of diverse backgrounds, informational passages by experts in their field, and passages from various historical periods, end quote. And then the email continues. In addition, we were assured that these passages were vetted upon request by Catholic diocese leaders and that if the company were to begin to include, quote, identity-affirming reading passages, that Catholic and Christian partners would have the option to remove those passages from the tests given in their schools. Here's the kicker. Hmm. We will work with NCEA to monitor this 
and have convened a committee to evaluate this situation and determine our next available steps, including switching our testing platform. We value our primary purpose to form disciples of the faith, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I ask you, if NWEA is a corporate sponsor of NCEA and NCEA is saying, we're going to monitor this situation. How closely are they going to be able to monitor it if they're getting a financial kickback from the organization that they're supposed to be monitoring? Right, right. Yeah. And there's, and, and again, from top down, I can tell you, folks, there's very little commitment to being vigilant in the first place. Right. So, so yes, but, but they're getting the kickback. So you have economic reason to disincentivize vigilance. Yep. Then you have the ideological reasons from the top down to uh, disincentivize vigilance. Why would anyone do this? People, everyone at the top in Catholic education mills, from the superintendent to the principals to most department chair people, chairmen, are centrists at best. Most of them are left of center. So why, why is, and they're getting kickbacks from the NWEA. What in the world would make you think that this is going to be real vigilant vigilance. Well, and it gets even worse because after the publication of our report on NWEA, we discovered a press release that went out uh, the, on the 10th of January. So just a couple of weeks before our, our, our article was written and published. And the press release said that Houghton Mifflin Harcourt pub, yeah. or purchased NWEA. Now, Houghton Mifflin Harcourt is a very large publishing house that publishes tons and tons and tons of textbooks that are used all throughout the contiguous United States. The um, the the Catholic a lot of Catholic uh, schools use Houghton Mifflin Harcourt textbooks, uh, and and we'll get into why those textbooks are not trustworthy and why a lot of them are not good anyway. But here's here's what they said in their press release. It said upon closing. NWEA will operate as a division of Houghton Mifflin Harcourt with its current offerings, including its flagship assessment map growth, remaining under the NWEA brand. NWEA assessment solutions will be integrated with Houghton Mifflin Harcourt curriculum on HMH's platform to create a combined offering that links interim assessment to instruction. So now you're seeing a combination between their assessments with the curriculum that's going to be offered by Houghton Mifflin Harcourt. Right. So NWEA, as we already discussed, is extremely pro-LMNOP. And we also found out that Houghton Mifflin Harcourt also is very much in favor of that kind of thing. Uh, we also found out that Houghton Mifflin Harcourt has developed uh, curriculums specifically for Catholic schools in 2013, they, they announced this, Journey's Common Core Catholic Identity Edition, the only Common Core state standards aligned reading program for, for grades K through six, naturally infused with Catholic values and principles. Again, what does this secular organization know about Catholic values and principles, right. especially when the rest of their stuff is promoting things that are completely and directly antithetical to Catholic teaching? It gets worse because Houghton Mifflin Car Harcourt has an 80-year relationship with NCEA. They've been participating in NCEA's annual Catholic education um, uh, 
what their, their 80 year old um, assembly, I guess you'd call it like a conference or a colloquium where they have all these speakers and presenters and Houghton Mifflin Harcourt back when it was just called Houghton Mifflin was one of their primary uh, vendors there. And I do believe that they have actually been giving presentations and talks at these various events as well. So they've got an 80 year relationship with NCEA. And we did find that there are several Catholic schools that are using Houghton Mifflin Harcourt texts. And as I said, we can get in a little bit later as to what is really wrong with HMH, uh, because it's if if you thought NWA was bad, HMH is so much worse. Is it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, hit us with the specifics, because I, I want to go general when uh, when you're done with the specifics here. I want to I want to zoom out, Michael, and, okay. and, and reason as two men together. So hit us with those specifics. I I. I yeah, yeah, I'm I'm good with the zoomed out and this show I think has really helped a lot of people to navigate over the last year in particular. 3 years, but really especially 1 year. How to kind of configure all of the the lay of the land below from from high above. But but the specifics do matter and I I sometimes uh I don't want to be accused of not caring about the specifics. We're substantiating our general thoughts. Okay. With with these specific facts. All right. So HMH has a long history of publishing uh, books that are that are really bad. Um, and I'll give you one of them. One of the one of the books that they sell on their website. It's they publish it, they sell it. The title of the book is God's Jury: The Inquisition and the Making of the Modern World. And the the cover art on the book shows the Pope looming large and pointing an accusing finger at this. Poor little shirtless man with his hands tied behind his back and he's on his knees. And with the Pope. I was based. I like that. I know, right? With the Pope is this panel of inquisitors, executioners, uh, men in business suits looking rather stern. And I love it. Yeah. Well, the idea of the book is that the modern world was was made um, by the techniques and the strategies of the inquisition. And it's awful. Uh, there was a, um, a priest, a Jesuit priest, father Brian von Hove, who actually reviewed the book. And I'm just going to read you this little portion of what he wrote. His, his whole review was a scathing, uh, rebuke of this book, but he said this, he said, this is really a book which denounces church authority at every turn <laughs> for Murphy the author of the book, the exercise of ecclesial authority is to blame for everything. When Hans Kung's Missio Canonica is discussed on page 110, there's no mention of why Cardinal Sepper was obliged to remove the Missio from Kung. Never are two sides treated equally with fairness, even when we know that ideas rule the, that ideas rule the world. So this book is an anti-Catholic book. It denounces church authority. The whole book is structured to attack the authority of the church, to say that it's the authoritarian of the church that gave us the horrible, terrible inquisition. And look at what it's done with uh, now all these, you know, right-wing whack jobs who want to put the crack down and, and censor books and that kind of thing. So it's, it's all an attack on trying to maintain guardrails for society to prevent them from falling off an ideological or moral cliff. So 
that's one example. But yeah. it's it's not just the anti-Catholic publication. They also post this book or pub, they they published this book. The title is Rebel Cinderella from Rags to Riches to Radical, the epic jersey journey of Rose Pastor Stokes. A little bit on Rose Pastor Stokes. She's a founding member of the Communist Party of America. Uh, she's a founding member of Margaret Sanger's National Birth Control League. She was a huge proponent of abortion. And the way that this book's um, description was written by Houghton Mifflin for the sale of the book, I'll just give you the tagline. It says, by a master of narrative nonfiction, Rebel Cinderella unearths the rich, overlooked life of, whoops, excuse me. Wow. Wow. The rich overlooked life of, and I lost there of a social justice campaigner who was truly ahead of her time. Uh, so now they're singing the praises of an avowed communist, not just a soft socialist who might have some socialist ideas. This is a communist founder of the communist party of America. Uh, one of the co-founders of Margaret Sanger's birth control league, a huge proponent of abortion and it's being sold by a textbook company that caters to educating children. I've been through some of their curricular development programs and some of them promote critical race theory. Some of them give a soft pedal approach to the industrial workers of the world who are communists, they're Marxists. Um, and it gives just kind of a, a brief, very fluffy review of who they were, not some of the, they let's, let's face it, they were the terrorists of their day. Um, it gives a soft review of certain other socialist uh, dictators. Uh, I, I, in, I think it was uh, Noriega. They, um, they were very upset when, um, uh, I'm trying to remember where the portion was. Maybe I didn't have it in this because it was just one of those things. You know, you have too much information. You don't, <laughs> you don't yeah, want to put it I, Yeah, let, let me break in with this, Mike, while, while you look for that. Look, I, I you know, in bring drag me back to specifics general specifics if i'm if i'm cutting you off here but what i what i want to close with is what you just said uh, about getting lost in the specifics i i made a tweet the other day and i said pope francis isn't aiding i forget exactly what i said isn't aiding the lmnop agenda in the church he's pushing it yeah and folks said, what's what's the breaking news on this? We're, we're, I don't see you linking to anything. I'm like, look, I refuse to. I refuse to substantiate for the umpteenth time as a matter of principle, not as a matter of laziness. I could go grab any of the 10 articles which would substantiate that from the last six months alone. No, there is some suicidal I don't know if it's a genome because it's a cultural thing, but it's gotten in the water. It's gotten in the blood of the Western civilization of Catholics where people are like, I, I mean, look, you're substantiating all this stuff and you're getting lost in the facts because you have so many of them. You are, and, and Lepanto is such a good researcher. I don't want people to get lost in the facts. I want people to know the big, the pole star here is, it's insanity to be sending your kids to a school. I'll tell Catholics that at dinner parties and they'll go, oh, you mean to a public school? I'm like, no, Catholic school is public school with a crappy coloring book religion class. That's what it is. 99 times out of 100. Okay. 
So no, to any school, it's insanity. Why? In, unless you have that one super rigorous Catholic academy for your kids, it's insanity. And they will go, well, I want all the specifics. Then literally you start, okay, I'll have Michael Hitchborn on my show from Lepanto. And he'll start spitting facts. That's all you've been doing, which are great facts that ought to be satisfying these people. But you know what the, the suicidal Western civilizational genome has them do, Michael? It has them go, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, well, I, then they start, they'll, they'll absorb the facts mm -hmm. and they start conclusorily saying, well, I don't know, maybe this. So that's what people do when, when it's, there's no such thing as having too many facts, too much evidence. That's right, what right. a good prosecutor does. That's what you do. But I'm just like, I'm going to stick to, this is insane. People need the big conclusions. The left is really good at giving them the big conclusions. They have no facts to support those conclusions, but they make up little stuff, little false premises. They pepper in here and there. I try to reverse this technique. It's like, look, man, I did like three shows on how Fran in the last month alone on how Francis is aiding the LMNOP agenda. One of them is the one that got me kicked off Patreon. He's oh. urging to decriminalize. This is just an example now, people. He's urging to decriminalize Skittles worldwide. That is going to have the obvious macroscopic effect of having tons and tons more active Skittles. That's pushing the agenda. He put up Heiner Wilmer, the most Skittles prelate in the Catholic Church right now for doctrinal chief, CDF prefect. It got blocked and he said, I'm going right back to it. And now I'm waiting for news. I'm, I'm asking LifeSite, what's what's the deal with the Wilmer re-elevation? He's push, he, he Francis has said at least twice now against the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith. Uh, who has said, no, we can't support civil unions of that variety, LMNOP. And France is like, no, we should. We should support. So I'm not, that's just three. Those are off the top of my head. I'm not going right. to continue doing this because you get, because the people that don't have eyes to see are blind. And there's none so blind as people without eyes to see. If you haven't picked up on the last 10 stories with Francis being, Pro Skittles, or you haven't picked up on the last 10 stories with Catholic schools are really anti-Catholic now. All of them. I mean, 99% of them, not all of them. 98, 99%. That's all. Okay. If you haven't picked up on this, you probably aren't going to at this point. I'm kind of either preaching to the choir or people who refuse to see. If you have to ask, you'll never know. I, that's what I'm always feeling when I'm sitting in this chair with a show like this. What? How do you respond to that? Because you're a great prosecutor in an analogous sense. Yeah, well, whenever I put together an article or a report, I always look at it from a lawyer's eye and, and try and figure out, okay, exactly, if I was prosecuting this case and I was trying to find this particular institution guilty of X, Y, or Z, um, do I have the evidence to substantiate my claim that this person is promoting or this organization is promoting or is involved in the promotion of whatever the issue of uh, problematic issue that I'm finding? Uh, so that's my law. I'm, I'm establishing, okay, church law with regard to uh, the lower body issues or uh, whether it's church law and human life or what, whatever the, the matter is, uh, that's, that's the law that I'm using to prosecute. And now I'm just looking for the evidence to support, yes, they are guilty of this. Finding one should be bad enough, but right. 
nobody wants to allow for, well, they did it once. Maybe it was some low level staffer or gosh, you know, uh, they're such a good organization and they slipped this one time. I think it's okay if we just, so I have to look for patterns. I have to look for substantiative, some substantive evidence that goes back more than just a few months. I have to find stuff that goes back years, generations even to show, no, this organization has been doing this for decades and they are, they've been doing it beneath the radar, sometimes out in the open. And people just kind of give them a blind pass because they don't pay attention to that side of things. But now that we've presented the evidence to show just how thoroughly rotten this organization is, you, the jury, who is parents, priests, bishops, uh, the court of public opinion, you have to find this institution guilty of this particular thing. And the sentence has to be severing them from access to our kids, from access to our funds, from access to our churches. And, and that's, it's not rocket science. It's its just a very simple request. Stop aiding and abetting the enemies of Christ. How hard is that? I think, no, totally, totally, brother. Like, preach it. <laughs> I, I, I might, sometimes my tone, I've been told, I think I, I think, I'm friendly. Most people find me friendly when they come on the show because I tend to mostly have have friends on the show. Hold on one second. <laughs> but listen to this. Sorry about that. Um, listen to this way of approaching it. I feel like it's a shell. Here's how I my view of the world, Michael. Now I'm going even more macroscopic. Okay, mm-hmm. like really, I, I want your opinion on this because aside from LifeSite. Lepanto Institute is one of the few Catholic institu- online institutions that I check regularly every week. Um, uh, I'm talking Twitter and your website and, and life sites because I feel like I, I know the heads of these institutions and they're not trying to drown people with the facts. When, um, when someone feels something really strongly, this is basic psychology and it corresponds with basic rhetoric. And it's what conservatives do horribly, horribly. And it's why we've lost all of the nine institutions of culture, including, including the church for, for, for the time being. When someone really believes something, they are conclusory. I know I'm kind of just repeating this, but like, if you're like, look, man, uh, you know, I, I just think, say something really absurd. Let's say you're talking to like an outright hater of anybody who married, you know, my, my wife is, uh, you know, half Hispanic. If I'm talking to a guy that thinks I'm, um, you know, if I'm talking to a legit racist guy, I don't mean fake racist. There aren't too many legit racist guys. It's like, no, I, I, you know, I, I think you're bad because you married someone because you're Tim, you're a white and you married a half Mexican lady. I'm like, okay, well, this is, this is stupid in, in, in Christ. Um, there's neither Greek nor Jew, uh, you know? And so I can, I can specify reasons why it's not bad, but I'm like, look, if I think this is a truly inane position, rather than continuing to marshal evidence against him, it, which looks defensive and it looks like you caught me out on my heels. I'm just going to mock it. And it's, I'm, I'm, I'm good at that. Right. I'm going to mm-hmm. throw bombs. And this is something, you know, whether you like him or you hate him or whatever, one of the most talented guys on the right at doing this has always been Milo Yiannopoulos. Just bomb it with with darts or bombs or whatever the analogy is. So I think what 
It, but it, and, and mixed into those darts and bombs are um, substantiated facts, substantiative facts, like like outfits like yours supply us, Mike. But I think conservatives or, or center right people, center centrist people in general, what they do, they play a shell game. Mm-hmm. When you're, I mean, I've played this game with some of my friends, some of my friends who are quite well known for all 10 years of Francis's pontificate. I, you could do a show on hundred uh, outrages of Francis, Pope Francis. And I have, I've done 101 and now there's the list is almost probably 200 and you could just throw these at people. And when you're, when you're conclusory and you're like, Hey, Francis is really, really bad. They'll go show me the evidence and I'll believe you. But then when you switch over to showing them the evidence, it's a basic premise, premise, conclusion structure. You start showing them the evidence. Here's the hundred things. They just kind of know. I'm like, okay, okay. Well, okay. I see that. I'm not arguing with that. Or, you know, you know, you're here's, here's premise one, here's premise two, here's premise three. They're just kind of nodding. And then you're like, so the conclusion, so my initial conclusion was right. Mm -hmm. That's why, that's why I speak so boldly. out uh, on Francis, but you can always shift as a critic. It's called, um, being obtuse, being deliberately obtuse. When someone throws a conclusion at you, you could say, let me feed me more premises. When people throw you a bunch of premises, you can say, I accept all those, but I don't, I I don't, I still don't agree with your conclusion. You can never force someone into a syllogism the way that this is why I like logic so much, symbolic logic. Socrates is a man, all men are mortals. Therefore the conclusion must be that Socrates is a mortal, a, a mortal. Um, it's hard to do. This doesn't work in real time with those who are so blind to see that refuse to see that they're mm-hmm. worse than blind. They will refuse to see all these facts. So I, I just go back to every time you're on, you are just dropping bombs. But then people go, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then I'm like, okay, so why? I'll, I'll get sometimes into the comments and I'm like, why, why are your kids still in school? And then there are all these reasons. And it's like, there are no good reasons. The school's that are at least the ones that are using NWEA, which is a lot of them, and the ones that aren't have other facts that I could throw at them, uh, which would substantiate not having them there. They always want to say, yeah, but. It's that that yep, but yep. philosophy. Yep, what, yep. what do you say to that? How, how, how do conservatives react to this meaningfully? Well, okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll just peel back the curtain here just a little bit. The... Um, there are several ways to approach this from a strategic standpoint. And I love the image of the World War II map room where they have just a giant map on a table and they have little pieces, whether it's little ship representations or little tank representations or little troop representations. And they're using these long sticks and they're pushing them around on the map and they're saying, okay, if we move our ships here, how will they react? And they play these war game scenarios with themselves. And they're trying to figure out how to outmaneuver and outposition the enemy. What we do at the Lepanto Institute is try to supply all of the ammunition to people like you, to people like LifeSite News, to, to all sorts of other edu- or, or informational outlets that can take those facts and weaponize them, use them. Help them to to find those people who are naysayers or people who are just saying, well, yeah, but. But at the same time, the facts, the facts are important because they form the foundation for the basis of discussion. If you don't have facts, then then there's nothing to talk about. Of course. Without the fact or or beyond the facts, you've got to to use mockery. You've got to use uh, the and and I hate the word, but 
for, for lack of a better word, you have to use standard propaganda techniques. Propaganda yes. is not a bad thing. Okay. It's a good thing. Yeah. It's it's actually a good thing. Why is it called the prop the 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 not the dicastery anymore, but the congregation for propaganda at the Vatican? That's what it used to be. And yeah. what it, it, it it's been lengthened to the congregation for the propagation of the faith. But when they say propagation, they're talking about propaganda. How do you get the idea into somebody else's head? How do you spread the faith? How do you make it understood or make it uh, beautiful to attract people to see, look, examine it for themselves. So there are various techniques that have to be employed, whether you're on social media or whether you're person to person or on a, on a video conference, the conversation has to be such that you are reaching into the minds of the, of the viewer, the reader, the observer, and touching some part of their conscience, touching right. some part of their, Moral yeah, imagination. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. just saying, here is the idea that you need to take away from this. And if you walk away and say, yeah, but that but right there is a little twinge of the conscience. It's where they're saying, I, I agree with you. Now I have a difficulty. Yeah. And that difficulty is where they have to make a moral decision. And that's not something we can force but we are planting seeds. And I think that that's where we have to keep, or, or at least for our perspective, that's where we keep the idea is that we are planting seeds. We're trying to help people understand what's really going on, how things are working, how things uh, take place in our culture and why it is our children do not believe the faith or don't know how to read or write or don't have a proper understanding of what it means to be a man or a woman. It's because there's been a propaganda from the other side for so long, we've lost our sense of even what it means to have an education. Right. Right. It's it's about education. It's not about getting a job. Right. right. It's about instructing the moral imagination and the the moral intellect, the conscience in each person and creating virtuous citizens. That's what right. education is for. Now, I, I don't want to leave what you said about propaganda. I'm glad you went there. I did a show about a month ago on the Vatican Girl, a Netflix documentary. And I, in that show, I instructed the parish orphans and retrogrades out there, the difference between black, white, and gray propaganda. Mm -hmm. I, I, is there, it's a good show. I've gone back and listened to it a couple of times. I'm, I'm really glad I did that show and I'd been meaning to do it for a while. The difference between black, white, and gray propaganda. The one flaw with that show, from my perspective, of course, you have structural flaws and maybe I'm just irritating or whatever. That's always a flaw <laughs> if I am. But, but the one substantive flaw is I didn't say, Okay, all propaganda is not bad. Mm -hmm. There's untrue propaganda, which is what we normally associate with propaganda. Right. But there could be good, true black, white, and gray propaganda. And in my life, for my apostolate, for my show, where I am different, where I think all the other Catholics out there is, I want to make good and true propaganda, black, white, and gray. Uh, most of the time, it's it's standard you know, white propaganda, but I I'm all for it. So I yeah, want to yeah. correspond. And that all that means is I'm engaging in rhetoric, which is the third people. It is the third level yep. of the trivium. You're supposed to be teaching rhetoric with everything you do to basically your high school students. If you're classically educating them it goes grammar, mm -hmm. logic, rhetoric, grammar for grammar school, logic for middle school, rhetoric 
for for high school age students that are now equipped they have the two tools grammar and logic rhetoric is where you get them and when me whenever i'm talking to a centrist i'll just be honest temperamentally they get into my skin more than anybody i've marshaled a bunch of evidence i've got a good researcher in me from the law school days i've made good arguments that's mainly what i am is a catholic philosopher and then i'm like okay and then then they say well yeah but the but philosophy you're yeah. all right but that makes me mad and i'm like okay now i have to hit rhetoric and this is what the left does well without facts mm -hmm. and without really good reasoning about those facts they're all rhetoric and they've managed to turn everyone even catholics against mm -hmm. catholic uh, catholicism even catholic schools against catholicism the pope against catholicism the the pal we were talking about this remember the pontifical academy for life yeah in, in late 2022 i think it was november they're basically pushing contraception, the Pontifical yep. Academy for Life. If Why is it a big deal to talk about what American Catholic schools are doing to partner with LMNOP when we have right at the top of the pyramidal hierarchy, the Pontifical Academy for Life pushing, remember 2016 or 2017, they're pushing the LMNOP agenda in some soft form. I, yep. I remember, I, I, I think it was early 2017. There's too many facts. There's too many instances of, okay, marked. I'm never going to go back to sleep. The, the Catholic Church in the Vatican, the Catholic Church in America are pushing this stuff. I'm not going to forget that. Right. How well, do we now it's it's in integrated into the synodal process. Yes. Uh, all the synodal reports are now coming back. We have to embrace LMNOP and we have to be tolerant and we have to uh, allow for these relationships to take place uh, within our communities and scandalize our kids. But gosh, you know, you're a bigot if that's a scandal to your kids. So the, um, the, the, I want to talk just a moment about propaganda because I think that you're right. This is kind of an important conversation and the distinction has to be made about what kinds of propaganda there are if anybody watches, they think propaganda automatically, they think either uh, Stalin propaganda or um, World War II Germany propaganda Right. Uh, to, to uh, avoid using a, a buzzword. But right. the, the, the problem is that propaganda is just advertising. That's all it is. It's advertising. So every time you look at a newspaper ad or you watch an ad on TV or you hear an ad on, on the radio, that's propaganda. That's, that's what propaganda is. It's the idea of putting a thought in your head, getting it to sit there and germinate and allow it to, to come forth at a time when, it, when it's appropriate for it to bear fruit. Uh, if I want you to be hungry, I'm going to show you a, a picture of a giant cheeseburger and, and try and show it as gooey and steamy as I possibly can. And I'm going to sit there and have a beautiful actress go, mmm, this is so good. And suddenly you're going to be smelling that burger and you'll think, gosh, you know, I, I haven't had lunch yet. I am kind of hungry. And that looks kind of good. So the propaganda worked. Or later on, you're going to remember uh, Coke is it. You know, I want to go out and get something to drink. Oh, Coke is it. So I'm going to go out and get a Coke. That's how propaganda works. If you go back to Arius, Arius was a master of propaganda. That's how the Arian heresy spread. He walked through the streets uh, in port cities and he made up these little songs that were uh, these little jingles 
that were spreading his heresy. They were spreading the idea that Jesus is not God, that God created the son, that kind of thing. And people would have these little jingles just kind of stuck in their heads and they'd be whistling them to, to themselves or singing them to themselves while they walked through the streets or while they went to, went to work and other people would hear these songs and it spread that way. And people had these little songs. What he found is that he would go in and he would, he would preach to a town his Arian heresy and nobody would listen, but the towns where he had those songs going for a little while and he came back, he found them far more receptive. So propaganda is just about planting seeds. You're advertising the faith. You're advertising the truth. So while the left and the hard left have taken it and twisted it into something evil, and they're using it as a way to put in evil ideas, and this is the problem with NWEA, because now they have a way of propagandizing children by infiltrating the tests, inserting ideas of uh, mixed uh, or, or same-sex parents, or inserting the idea of a little boy that thinks he's a little girl um, into their little reading assessments. That also is propaganda. This is this is why it's so important to look at your educational materials, to look at the the companies that are using your text, put, pr printing the textbooks. Um, how are they getting to your children? It may not be through instruction. It could even just be through the little marginal tabs. Uh, in a textbook that aren't even mentioned in the classroom yes. because kids are going to read those things. That's propaganda. That book of jingles written by Arius was called the Thalia, by the way. Hmm. And jingles, Mike, are what corporate advertisers use that, as you just said about Arius, to be deadly, even to skeptical minded, skeptically minded naysayers at first. I don't know. Ever, most of these jingles are very annoying. Two out of three of them. Yeah, I mean, I think about Super Bowl commercials. We just watched a bunch of them. They're very annoying, but they stick with you. And for some psychological reason, we don't have to examine the psychology. We don't have to examine why. We can just examine that. Even though they're annoying, they chip away at your natural skepticism or your natural resistance to purchasing the product. It's called an earworm. It's an earworm. That's what it is. Yep. It's an ear. And like you said, propaganda is just advertising. I would say one addition. Propaganda is just ideological advertising. It's yep. how it works. It doesn't mean it's wrong. Right. We associate propaganda with being leftist, whether you're talking... You know, they're all the socialists, right? National or international. I don't like either side in that national or international socialists. So I condemn both sides. It's all socialists because they're the only ones that have engaged in ideological salesmanship. The right conservatives, Christians writ large, have, we never are engaging in it, largely because we've given up evangelization because that's a mortal sin, according to France. No, I want to propagandize. My friend, Nick uh, Nicholas, who is one of the directors of Died Suddenly, he said, man, I make documentaries for a living. My, you know, That documentary, they made it in 82 days and they got like 30 million views online in the first couple of months. He said, dude, it's just propaganda. That's all documentaries are. Now, ours are true. It's true propaganda. That's right. all rules for retrogrades. Are. I say, you know, what's up, parish orphans and retrogrades every time. I'm trying to sell a true product. I'm trying to sell to people, look, 
you got to be bold. You got to be faithful. You're a parish orphan. You're a retrograde. You're a, you're an outlaw. You're a rebel. That's propaganda, but it's true. It's true. Right. I'm trying to substantiate. Look, do we know the deal with the church? Do we know the deal with the world, the deep state, the deep church? Do we know the deal with the elites who run the world, with the elite Francis who runs the church, with the Sokolin mafia, with the... I, I've given enough facts. Mm -hmm. And I want to keep giving them. I'm not saying I'm done with facts. I'm just saying I want people now to make the connection and propaganda is how it happens. And that's what I like about Lepanto Institute. I want you to shout out what what, what, uh, where people can find you and where they can support you in a second. But that's, I'm also using today's show as a sort of, I don't know, self-justification. People don't hear me justify the unique way we, we do things here. Um, I don't just want to bury people in facts. I don't just want to bury people in opinion. It's sprinkling both. Yeah. And it's because propaganda is good. We have to take it back. And that's why I don't want to over- you know, throw too many premises. You can overload somebody with facts. You can overload them with humor too. Uh, right. Somebody, somebody sees all these memes all day long, and after a while, they don't really have much of an, an effect. Even because, funny ones. Yeah. Yeah. Even yeah. funny ones. After a while, yeah. the joke's not funny anymore. Right. Um, it's because the brain, the the way the human mind works, it's multi layered. We right. we are attracted to facts. We are attracted to beauty. We're attracted to humor. We're attracted. You know, we're attracted to music. So all of these different things that come into what it makes, what it, what it, what it takes to make a human person uh, complete and whole, you have to hit them on various levels and you have to spread the truth on various levels. This is why, well, it, it, this is a whole other, other topic, but the entire transformation of the mass and the change of the music itself was a complete upending. And, and if you listen to the music that was produced by uh Haas and the uh, what do you call them the 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 St. Louis Jesuits mm -hmm. who were heretics. Most of them either left the priesthood or became gay or both. Um, these these men in producing the music, they you listen to the lyrics and you go, "There's something missing here. There's something not quite right about the way that they're explaining the catechism." You you listen to the song on the Beatitudes. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst. <laughs> Theirs is the kingdom of God. Okay, yeah. but what did they leave out? Hung happy or, or blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They right. left out for righteousness. And right. so that song, because it was truncated, because we couldn't quite fit it into the, the meter, we just left that part out. Well, what you left out now says if you're hungry and thirsty, you're blessed. You're blessed just because you're hungry and thirsty. So every time I skip lunch, I'm blessed. Did you know that? But <laughs> yeah. that yeah. changes the way people view the church. Why is it now viewed? Why is the sacrifice of the mass now viewed as a meal? It's because all of the music talks about coming together for this meal and having this bread and having this wine. And wow, isn't it great? We're having a feast at church. But that's the problem. And that's the propaganda. That's how they've changed people's minds about liturgy, about worship, about what it means to be in and part of the church. So it, it's, it, we could go for hours on this one topic alone. I, I this is one of my favorite topics. So, <laughs> oh, it's great. No, it, it's, it's, it's really, really, really important. 
Michael. Yeah. And I, I appreciate you, you being with me today. And I, I appreciate you going down the more zoomed out path for the second half of the show. Cause this is what I wanted to do with you. Cause you're, you have your hands in all the substantiative facts all week long. This is what you do. This is what Lepanto does. And I, I just love how you and I can always zoom out at the end. Some, some guys don't like that. And I'm like, you're not understanding true education, which is to say classical education, because we're both teachers, right? Mm -hmm. Which is to say Catholic education is about the whole person. This is why I, what I'm going to be telling people, this is, this is just a, a little heads up in the classes, which will begin next week on timothyjgordon.com for how to write your own homeschool curriculum. Really, it's how to not have a curriculum is doing less is actually more. Doing the right stuff is actually much, much, much more than throwing all the those people like, what do I what do I do for um what do I do for science? So I was like, oh, well, I don't know what you mean. I don't know what you mean by science. We're 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 literally diagramming sentences, we're starting them on Latin, we're going through uh we're, we're starting math early, geometry and algebra early. That's science. That's she and tear. That means knowledge. You mean the, here's the back of a cereal box, memorize every word, and then I'm going to test you on Friday. Like that's not education, bro. That's what the communists brought in. They're like, but what about like cellulose and all that? I was like, that has nothing to do with education. Like, sorry, the education is the trivia. How to think. How to think. And when you want, when you meet a really well-educated little kid, I'm not trying to brag, but people should meet my 11-year-old. It comes from diagramming the living daylights out of sentences, complex sentences, understanding the parts of thought, and getting them started on then, as soon as they're capable, Latin grammar, which is like grammar plus. It's really robust grammar. And then, you, you know, there are different levels of math skill, but starting them on algebra as young as they can, um, those that's an education and it gets more complex as you go into high school. But the, the key is, oh, what about like social studies and science? I was like, education does not take eight hours. All right. This mm -hmm. is bad propaganda. Education for even a, a really smart sixth grader, that's the high IQ should take about two hours a day, maybe a little less some days. Okay. Why do I, what is my school doing to my kid for eight hours? There are two, two things, both of them are incredibly negative. One, John Dewey and the communists wanted to get the kids away from their mothers for the better part of days because they were communists. Curriculum writers are, in the soft sense, says I, communists. They want them away from their mothers during the day. The truest education is just being a kid being around his mother for most of the day. So eight-hour workday, they wanted to get mothers into the workplace. So it's, it's uh, free homes, uh, it's free daycare. There's no there. There's at most two hours of good education going on, and it's not going on at all in most of these schools. So that's the first thing. The second thing is all those other classes. It's just propaganda. What they're calling a science class is just the neo paganism earth worship. They're they're not learning anything, right? Here's photosynthesis, glucose, all that. That's that. That's not an education. So people have to take this pill of trivium classical education. Literally, it's grammar, it's logic, it's rhetoric. This is what, this is the education that galaxy mind Thomas Aquinas got. This is the education that galaxy mind Augustine got. This is the education that Seneca and Cicero got. This is the education the Neoplatonists got, Plotinus. If you want your kids to be smart and truly educated and sound like a galaxy brain, 
Get away from curriculums. Okay. Mm -hmm. That is pure bad propaganda. What about social studies? That's not a thing. There's no such thing. That is just a propaganda class. What about earth science propaganda class? Let me add to that because, and and this is actually, I, I think this is cuts to the heart of the matter is that people have to ask, what is the purpose of education to begin with? Yes. And if you start with the question, well, what is the purpose? You can then come to what are the steps to get there? And if the purpose is to make somebody who has a firm grasp of how to think, how to analyze and understand the world around them, and also be able to function in society with a general sense of knowledge without having to go into too many specifics, I, I'm sorry, but I'm never going to have to use photosynthesis as in, in a sentence for the rest of my life, except to talk about things like this. Of course. Um, it's, it's, of course. it's trivia at that point. It's not education. It's no. trivia. And there's a huge difference. Being Make able to your memorize. Kid. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. Sorry. Being able to uh, memorize a bunch of trivial facts is not an application of knowledge or understanding. Education for the sake of growing in wisdom, growing in virtue, and learning a trade. That was actually one of the parts of education too. If you if you go back to the medieval period, education meant learning the language, learning the culture, and being able to be a productive member of society so that I can raise a family for the purpose of raising saints. That's the goal. We want saints. We don't need little automaton who, who, who can spit out various facts that they're never going to use for the rest of their life. Right. Education, I, I, you, go ahead. You just blew ever. Sorry, I, I was getting excited over here. I try never to interrupt, but I, I'm getting so, so people don't understand because they've been propagandized the wrong way. Yep. Even really good trad Catholics that I love are like, mm-hmm. wait, what do you mean? You said like Tim, they'll go to me. I'm looking at all my degree. Tim, you have all these degrees. Like what you're saying. I'm like the way to really have a smarty pants kid is to cut away the bullshit. That's, that's it. And literally like, okay, get a captain, a really silly cereal box, captain crunch, uh, peanut butter, peanut butter, captain crunch. One of my favorite cereals, right? We stock it. Have your kid, have your kid memorize every word on the back of that cereal box. Okay, I mean, the stuff that's like talking about the toy inside the box. I mean, all of the obscure ingredients, which is more sciencey and technical. I mean, mm-hmm. the sweepstakes giveaway of a free Captain Crunch Captain hat. I mean, the uh, what's on the top of the box. I mean, the the little caption for the maze on the Captain Crunch box. Memorize all of that. There's going to be a quiz on Friday. People, people like that, but that's useless. That's totally stupid. You're all you're exercising is the memory. No, no, make flashcards, get mm-hmm. highlighters. This is what happened. Sorry, sorry, ladies. When females took over education, which is to say in the early 20th century, when the communists did, they wanted a bunch of females in education, which is why we have 80 to 90% female teachers. They just, they liked the highlighters. Girls are really good at organizing, nesting, making the home. So they they started making that into it. And this is exactly what the communists like John Dewey at the University of Chicago wanted. You're not learning squat, people. Right. Do you understand this? Uh, literally, it's as going through and memorizing the photosynthesis. I, I still know, by the way, oh, sure. the, uh, the the chemical equation for respiration, photosynthesis. I, it's utterly useless, and it's as useless as memorizing what's on the back of the box. Now, 
How many people can diagram a really complex sentence? How many people out there know what are the four nominative case uh, pronouns? Uh, not not just pronouns. What are the four nominative case uh, parts of speech that are nouns? You know, subject, predicate, nominative, appositive, appositional. Why are they nominative? What makes them nominative? How many people out there even know what an apposition is? How many people know what the uh, inherently objective parts of speech as nouns are, right? Direct object, indirect object, object of the prep, and an appositive there. How do you tell the difference between a nominative case, a positive, and an objective case, a positive? What the hell is a case in grammar? <laughs> right. In English, we only have two cases left because they stripped it all down. Well, mm-hmm. that's why you have to teach your kid Latin. They know what cases are, and that's well, why word is- order doesn't matter. Once you understand Sentence. This is why grammar is the whole first five years. All you should be teaching your kid with a little bit of math peppered in, people. Oh, but Tim, grammar period is grammar because it teaches them about the categories of the world. This is what I get really excited about. Yeah, go but ahead. Tim, everybody in society knows their grammar. Everybody knows pronouns. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They, they them do. They yeah. Them. yeah. So it's it's a giant white pill. My, yep. I, I know this is a, a, a screed and we got to go and, and I'm sure you got to go too, but it's a giant white pill. What you're bringing, you're saying bad stuff is happening in the schools. I'm saying, listen to what Lepanto and Hitchborn say, bad stuff is happening in the schools. And I say, so homeschool them. And then people say to me, so there's a, a line here, a logical continuum. People say, but I don't know much. Say it's really actually quite simple. Like, well, it might be simple to get my kids by, but I want to give my kids a really good education. I can't educate them for eight hours a day. The trick is it's such a white pill, a happy version of a red pill. It's the better the education, as long as you do the right thing, it'll be much, much shorter than what you think the school day is in order to get both parents working, in order to give free daycare, in order to spend eight hours propagandizing rather than educating. There are those three purposes that the communists use to educate your kids. And 98% of Catholic schools out there are just the communist education with a coloring book religion class. So I, this is how I draw from Lepanto. I'm always drawing, I'm checking on the Pontifical Academy for Life at LifeSite News. They always are updating on that. And I'm saying, here, good propaganda. Keep your kids at home. This way you don't have to schlep them around in a minivan 40 hours, you know, 40 hours a week as a, uh, you know, several hours a day. This way you don't have to put them to bed with the sun. I know a lot of people out there like early bedtimes. It's a whole lifestyle that follows from truly educate your kids. Don't let other people educate them. Even if you don't have a great education, there's not much to learn to give your kids a great education. And guess what? A better education is two hours than eight. You got to be doing the right things for those two hours I can teach you what on timothyjgordon.com. But I wasn't planning to go down this route, but Mike, you and I always just have so much fun and our brains yeah. work. A lot. So it, thanks well, for joining. To be yeah. honest, I, I'm really interested in, in uh, what you're going to be offering. So I'm, I'm going to be checking that out too. Cool. Thanks, man. Did you want to ca- um, call out any ways that people can financially support you, can support you through through watching Lepanto Institute can support your work against the naysayers. Just, just call it all out right now. Sure. The easiest way is to go to our website, Lepanto, I-N. So you spell it, or here we go, Lepanto, uh, L-E-P-A-N-T-O-I-N uh, dot O-R-G and go to our donate page. And uh, that's that's really the only way that we stay in business is uh, just through very generous donations through people like your your viewers and others.
people, please, please, please. I get this question so much. If you're like, my parish is really in and we're all going to be forced out of the Latin mass soon, a holy Monday, it looks like. I, I, you know, I don't want to support my parish. Please don't. If your parish isn't good and you only go there because you've been forced into the Novus Ordo and you have the extra money and you want to tithe, I, I'm not sure if it technically counts. Some people say it does, but it's still basically tithing if you give to Michael Hitchborn in Lepanto or LifeSite News or, or uh, Rules for Retrogrades. Okay, so please support. It, it can be very small, but even if it's a very modest amount, give to Michael, give to Lepanto. These are the, there are very few Catholic institutions that I believe in anymore. Lepanto is one of them, and will always be one of them. And it's like we have to work together. Nobody gets out of this thing alive. Let's do this thing together. And unfortunately, the amount of Catholics that are really doing Catholic stuff seems to be dwindling, but it is a purifying process. And we're seeing Lepanto Institute is one of the fine American Catholic institutions of the early 21st century. I've been an admirer a long time. Please do support them. Michael Hitchborn, you're a, a great man and a great friend, and you've got great hair and you have an eighth baby on the way and you look dapper in a suit and I support everything you do. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me on and right back at you. <laughs> Thanks. <man. laughs> All right. God bless you guys. Parish orphans and retrogrades. If you're in your blue state still if you call a blue state home get out go to a red state go to realestateforlife.org i should probably put this at the beginning of the show that's the closing thought for the day along with pull your kids out of school that's the takeaway principle you can substantiate it with the first 25 minutes of this show if you need to show friends but the big idea is get to a red state and keep your kids at home during the day because you can educate them that's coming on timothyjgordon.com Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit.